When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. One thing the Pittsburgh Steelers have done while everyone's been looking at the changes they've made on the coaching staff and changes they're trying to make to their roster, they've also made a lot of changes in their front office, even beyond just the change of Omar Khan and Andy Weidel from last season. Ryan Batke and I will dive into what those changes are and how they can impact everything else, as well as look at his contributions to the Post-Gazette's big board for the NFL draft. And we talk about the potential of trading for Justin Fields. All that here and more on the North Shore Drive podcast. Chris Carter, Brian Batko, let's get into it. You are now listening to the North Shore Drive Podcast, a show on all things Pittsburgh sports from the writers of the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, hosted by Christopher Carter. Hello and welcome to the North Shore Drive podcast from the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. I'm your host, Chris Carter, here with one of our great Steelers beat writers, Brian Batko, bringing all things down on the Pittsburgh Steelers here on the Friday episode of the North Shore Drive podcast. As always, you can find the show on your favorite podcasting apps and on YouTube. Like this video if you enjoyed. Subscribe to this channel to not just get our Monday, Wednesday, Friday episodes of this show, but also all the daily content that comes out from all of our different Pittsburgh sports writers from the Post-Gazette. Reminder, this show is brought to you by Mike. Mike's Beer Bar, the best bar in all of Pittsburgh. Go to Mike's Beer Bar today. They have over 500 different available beers. 300 of those beers are local, and 80 of those local beers are available on tap. And they're always switching new ones in and out to get you new experiences every time you go there. They have over 20 televisions. We'll talk more about them later and explain why they are the best bar in Pittsburgh. But, Brian, let's get to talking here about uh, some interesting comments from Kevin Colbert, the you know the, the last Steelers GM. Well, first, that, Chris, did you see whose birthday it is today? Whose birthday is it today? Somebody that a lot of people think you look like. Cam Hayward? No. Jerome Close. Bettis? Jerome Bettis. Oh, man. Happy birthday to my famous doppelganger. February uh, 16th. Jerome I Bettis. Think I think he's 54. Is that something? Yeah, no, 52. 52. 52. Happy birthday, Jerome Bettis, a person that everyone does say I look <laughs> like. Uh, and it's funny. I get... You know, people that know me like know like sometimes I'll get stopped in public and people will be like, Oh, I really like your podcast. And sometimes people stop and be like, Oh, I'm sorry, I thought you were Jerome Bettis. And I'm just like, How you should, you should How? go out somewhere tonight, perhaps Mike's beer bar <laughs> or maybe multiple places and pull this ruse and just sort of like play it up as if it's your birthday. Then you get somebody to talk in, and then they say something like, Oh, you know, what's your name? And you say Jerome, and then they'll probably do the whole like no, it couldn't be, could it? And then they might like Google and then they'll see <laughs> that it is Jerome Bettis's birthday and it could be a really good night for you. I want no part of this, Brian. I, I want no part of these. Problems. You don't look 52, so that's a snag in the plan. Yeah. But uh, if, it's, if you're somewhere dark, <laughs> you've got a chance. You've got a chance. Anyways, we're talking about the Steelers front office. Guy got me trying to. You can just do this for 10 minutes, I think. We could. We could just do this for a whole segment of of how I could fool people into my lookalikes. But 
Kevin Colbert had some interesting comments on a podcast recently, and it was involving analytics. And I, I think you you had it you had it from from the year. What exactly did he say, or at least what was the, the the direction that he was going with these comments? Yeah, so he went on the North Catholic High School podcast, which of course is his alma mater. He went mm-hmm. there when it was in the Troy Hill neighborhood of Pittsburgh. It's now up in Cranberry, which is where my kids are right now at a trampoline mm-hmm. park. So um, shout out to them, but. Also, this podcast was hosted by a couple current students at North Catholic. So high schoolers, nice job by them. Great, yeah. great get uh, with Kevin Colbert and, um, you know, went to some good, good places with their conversation. So I, I tip my cap to those two. But yeah, I mean, part of it was they, they sort of asked them about the modern NFL trends of, of analytics and, you know, not just in-game analytics as far as fourth and two at your your you know, minus 42, how do you play that time and score, but also in evaluating players. And and that, of course, is where Kevin Colbert becomes a hot button topic all the time, right? I think you and Ray just discussed it on Monday on this very show, some of the, the hits and misses of his final years drafting as the Steelers GM. And, you know, the, the big thing that kind of made headlines was him saying he would sort of challenge the young uh, people who worked more in the analytics space for the Steelers when he was there and asked them, <clears throat> hey, can you do you have an analytic yet to measure the intangibles of a player? And that sort of got blown up, I think, a little by blogs and, you know, saying this is the a lot of the problem with the Steelers is, is this antiquated thinking. But Kevin Colbert's a he's a smart guy. He's a savvy football guy. He got to that point by understanding what works and having his philosophies and convictions and something else. He said on that show was they would always look at hearts and smarts for a player Mm. rather than not get too wrapped up in 40 times stats that don't always have the context tape that sometimes can be misleading. So, you know, I think that's every good organization wants to marry that. Do I believe that Colbert and the and the Steelers maybe just organizationally have been a a little too stuck in the past with some of that and, and not progressive enough? in their thinking? Probably. I wrote about that a couple of years ago, uh, a story on why their analytics department is as small as it is, why they haven't been as gung-ho about doing that as some other teams. I just look around the league and yeah, not every team with a bunch of analytics coordinators and research analysts are having, is having success, but you know, the chiefs are, are pretty prominently in that space. The Ravens we know are kind of the poster child for it. NFL and, and I believe the 49ers have at least a couple staffers who specialize in that as well. So the the fact that you do see that with some of the best teams in the league, coupled with the Steelers, have simply been stuck in neutral for the last five or six years. You know, seven without a playoff win. I just think it's it's an obvious sort of uh, thread to pull of how they could start doing some things a different way, and maybe they will do some things a little bit differently with Omar Khan as their GM. I think he sort of hinted at that when he got hired that mm-hmm. he made different ideas about things or was more willing to entertain some of those notions than Kevin Colbert was. But that also has to come from the top down too. We've talked how many times on the North Shore Drive podcast, Chris, about the small coaching staff, you know, the the commitment they need to have to invest in the product in some more non-traditional ways. We know they always spend to the cap. We know they always take care of their best players, but I think sometimes you got to try to go above and beyond now maybe to keep pace with uh with the rest of the league 
No, yeah. Um, uh, you read yeah, that, that now? No, yeah. Sorry, I, I, I'm getting yeah. context here. Um, but uh, but no, like this. I think one thing that I, that I agree with here too is also like when you look at the overall shifting of everything. Um, this is this is like the Steelers have overhauled so much of what their front office is, and um, when I look at that, uh, and I see and I see like, hey, like you know, they've made a lot of changes. Like a lot of people will bring up the Steelers' inability to, to draft cornerbacks and all that stuff, and I, I'm saying like, this is a different group of people, top to bottom. Like you know, there might be like a couple of people in different specific positions, but uh. You know, but no, I like I look I look at how the Steelers have 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 kind of reshaped everything, and when I look at at, at that, I look at the cornerback position. I look at all these things, and everyone thinks that they understand trends the Steelers front office and how they operate. And I, I'm saying I think this is different. I think that the way that they're evaluating guys, the way that they're 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 judging guys, and some of it still isn't necessarily the full on analytics. Like Kevin Colbert, you know, saying like you know, hey, there's intangibles that can't be discovered by numbers and things like that. And he's still right to a degree, but there's still ways to use that stuff that's not full on PFF. Our grades are are Jesus, you know, in, in the way that in the way that I think that some of the analytics community can. Yeah, I think that's a bit, I think that's a good point. Like I'm not a analytics guru or anything. You know, you put me in a room with some of these stats people from Pitt or CMU or whatever, and they'd be talking circles around me, but I I do think it would be beneficial for one of those people. And this has probably happened in, in various ways over the years, but for somebody like Kevin Colbert, who comes from the old school way of thinking and, and to his credit, I mean, he has said that he, you know, can appreciate the use of it. He, he doesn't necessarily understand it. He's a little too old for, for that. So he's sort of self-aware and admits that in that way. But I think it'd be great to have him sort of sit down with somebody like that, maybe go back and forth, have a healthy discussion, agreements and disagreements about how it can help, how maybe it, it gets misperceived by, you know, the, the dyed in the wool uh, football guys, because yeah, I mean, uh, another one of his points was, You've got all these numbers on go for it or don't on fourth down, field goal or punt, whatever. The latest big discussion, of course, the Super Bowl, which we didn't really get a chance to talk much about here uh, because of scheduling stuff. But, you know, the Kyle Shanahan overtime decision sort of puts the football analytics community back under the microscope a bit with their answers to that. I just think it'd be great to to sort of have, whether it's a Colbert or a Mike Tomlin, who I think is a pretty... Uh, you know, traditionalist when it comes to mm-hmm. evaluating football, how it's uh, scouted, how it's played, sitting down with maybe one of these people who has quote unquote never played the game, even though some of them have, but is more so looking at it with numbers and statistics and analysis and just sort of trying to understand like, okay, does it equate for momentum? If that's a thing, does it equate for home road? Yes. Who's hot? Who's got a hot hand right now on your team? How's the crowd? How's the atmosphere? Like that's where I think you usually hear coaches or GMs say you've got to go with your gut. But um, I think there's also something to be said for relying on those incremental gains and trusting that they will add up over time. If you go with the statistical right decision, we've seen it backfire a lot. Dan Campbell's NFC championship uh, game. A lot of people point to a lot of people will point to Brandon Staley's entire coaching tenure with the chargers because he was on the aggressive end of that. But, you know, I think John Harbaugh is, is somebody who has shown that 
you know, you can embrace that and still have success on the field and as a coach as well. Absolutely. I want to talk about how that'll impact their draft plans as we have our own draft, our, our own big board. And yeah, not that I think, I think we can tie that in, too. I do. I've got a, I've got a link and a connection to make there. Oh, OK. I like this. I like this. We're going to go into Brian's contributions to, to that big board and where positions might be of use to the Steelers right here on the North Shore Drive podcast. So stick with us. But first, I want to remind you, this show is brought to you by Mike's Beer Bar, the best bar in all of Pittsburgh. Mike's Beer Bar is right on, nor- on the North Shore across from Fe- across from PNC Park, right on Federal Street. You go into Mike's Beer Bar. There were 500 different available beers. 300 of those beers are from the local area and 80 of those local beers are available on tap. And literally, if you go in there when sometimes we've gone on gone in there, we go in before they even open to set up for our show that we did that we do there during the season. And you'll see them switching out the new the new menus, getting in new drink because every day they're bringing in new beers, new styles, new IPAs, new Hefeweizens, new stouts, new everything. And it's a great time to go when every time you go to Mike's Beer Bar because you're always getting new experiences. They also have amazing food like steak or seafood on stone. Your food's brought to you on a heated stone. And every time you cut off a piece of meat, you press it into the stone. And that's how how well done you want your piece of meat with every single bite. It's a great bar experience. They also have sports on all the time, over 20 televisions. And you can even reserve a TV with your specific game. No matter how obscure you think that sport is, Mike's Beer Bar will find a way to get it on the tube. Go to Mike's Beer Bar today to experience the best bar in Pittsburgh. And when you get there, Tell him Chris sent you. Back here on the North Shore Drive podcast from the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, Chris Carter, Brian Batko. So we talked a little bit about how the front office is changing, how the Steelers are changing, and how they're they're embracing different ways of thinking into the how they're going to develop things. So let's talk more about the you know the the about what what the kind of prospects they'll be looking at in the NFL draft. We did our own post Gazette Steelers draft big board. It's our first edition post Senior Bowl before the combine before we we've done this and we split things up. Now we talked to Ray on Wednesday about this uh, and he dealt with all, basically the linemen, the guards, the tackles, the centers, the defense, got the nuts line. and bolts. And like what you know what fans are going to question Ray Fittipaldo on interior linemen. You know, so he kind of got off. He got to skate a little bit. I, I've got the always uh, pressure-packed quarterback category oh, yeah. on my list. So that was why I wanted to ask you because you went with quarterbacks, but you did the thing where you took away the quarterbacks you knew that weren't going to be available. Like like Caleb Williams wasn't on your big board because he's just the Steelers aren't going to have a chance right. at him. Um, and then Drake May same 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 thing. So your first quarterback on your list was Jaden. You list Jaden Daniels, Michael Penix, Michael Pratt. Jordan Travis and Talu, Tal, Tal, Talia Tagovailoa, um, and I wanted to lead with with Jaden Daniels because some people view the Steelers as you know, hey, they're quarterback needy. What if they made a move to go get this guy, the Heisman Trophy winner? What is the real, real, the reality or the the realistic expectations of the Steelers making a splash and going and getting an early quarterback? I don't think they're very high, but what I was saying before we went into the break there was you've got a lot of you know, draft analysts who look at the the NFL draft from sort of the most modern cutting edge standpoint, and they'll just tell you, look, keep drafting quarterbacks high, keep drafting wide receivers high, maybe edge rushers, and that's about it. You know, that's the best place to use your draft capital and your draft resources because it's all about, you know, being able to throw the ball in today's game, being able to get it after the passer. And we, we know that was kind of the Eagles philosophy although they also tie in uh offensive tackles and and maybe corners to that as well but for the most part 
you know, they're spending those most valuable picks on only a few positions because of quote unquote positional value. In other words, you know, you're never going to use a first round pick on a running back or a tight end or a safety or an inside linebacker, all things that the Steelers have done, uh, not tight end, but the other three over the last uh, four or five seasons. So uh, it is interesting to, to kind of kick around the notion of, okay, from the outside, it doesn't seem like the Steelers are going to blow up the Kenny Pickett era. And we're going to talk about that probably too in the third segment. But there's also a school of thought that keep drafting quarterbacks until you get it right, because that's mm-hmm. what matters the most. Uh, you know, the Super Bowl, I think, showed that to a degree. I also think the Super Bowl showed how important offensive coaching and scheme is, because this is the second year in a row, Chris, that Patrick Mahomes, yes, he wins MVP. He makes the winning touchdown throw. But it's the second year in a row that I was like, I think there's a lot of quarterbacks on the planet who would have made yeah. that. You know, whether yeah. it was Guy Moore and Tony, uh, what do they call those, the whip routes last year, and cor- the, the return of Corndog again this year to meet Cole Hardman. Like, those weren't <laughs> superhero throws. Those were incredible play calls and set up by the talent that you have on that side of the ball. Yeah, probably. You, you can make that case for sure with the, all the attention paid to Travis Kelsey and uh, just Mahomes' ability to, to keep a defense honest uh, to begin with. But it, it does also go to show uh, how much the X's and O's can matter in those situations. But uh, quarterback play is is paramount. This draft that you mentioned it sort of with the big board that I did, I wanted to sort of pick my top guy from kind of each tier that I think would make sense for the Steelers. And mm. yeah, May and Williams – not going to be there. I'm almost positive. Jaden Daniels is, you're seeing some hype for him even to go yeah. number two at this point over, you know, whichever of the other top two that analyst doesn't like the most. But he's just somebody who I think as they overanalyze quarterbacks in the pre-draft process, he does have the, you know, issues with his size weight-wise and taking big hits. He's an older guy. So, like, will he get sort of talked down by other GMs through this? That's why I just think there's like the 0.1% chance that the Steelers could potentially be in striking distance to get them. So I ranked him, but we all know that's probably not happening. Penix, to me, it, it like I don't know if he's a better quarterback than Bo Nix or J.J. McCarthy, uh, the latter of whom somebody emailed me about. But I think he would make more sense if the Steelers were going to take a big swing because he's mm. got the traits, the huge arm, the the arm strength, the arm talent. Uh, that would be a little bit more intriguing to me than Knicks or McCarthy, who are, to me, kind of in that Kenny Pickett bucket of, like, pro-ready for the most part. But what's the ceiling? I think if Penix figures some things out, his ceiling could be about as high as as anyone outside of those top three this year. Pratt would be at the, the top of my, like, mid-round, mid-level category if the Steelers think uh, they, they could be interested in doing that. Jordan Travis from Florida State, the next step down because he's coming off of an injury and he's an older guy. And then Talia Tonga-Vailoa, I just think if they're going to sort of take a dart throw on a seventh rounder just to kind of fill out the room like they did a couple years back with Chris Oladokun, uh, he's somebody who, who's got some intrigue because of the uh, the bloodlines and some of the numbers that he put up at Maryland Mobility. But yeah, that's, that's sort of uh, the thinking that I had with my top five. And I do believe the Steelers will probably draft one at some point, but where they do that might depend a lot on how they navigate free agency at the quarterback position behind Kenny Pickett. 
Right. I think a lot of it's going to depend on what they want to do in free agency um, or otherwise, because there's other there's another way to get a quarterback there. We'll talk about in the third second. But before we get to that, I wanted to also look at your wide receiver rankings because you did write running back and tight end. But I think everyone can look at running back and be like, yeah, Najee Harris, Jalen Warren, ah, tight end. You got uh, Pat Fryer, we've Darnell Washington and Connor Hayward. So let's look at wide receiver because they're in a unique position here with Deontay Johnson on the last year of his of his veteran deal. George Pickens is about what two more. More seasons away from you know needing to be re, uh, re-signed, so it it would behoove them to strike again at wide receiver. You listed guys as you thought could also be in positions where they could. Uh, you went with uh, Lad McConkey of Georgia, Ricky Pearsall of Florida, Jalen McMillan of Washington, Luke McCaffrey of Rice, and Cornelius Johnson of Michigan as your top five there. And I'll, I'll obviously, you know, we're taking out the Roma Dunes's. The yeah, Marvin, I did the same thing the, with wide receivers as I did with QBs. It's just right. you're not going to get those top guys. And I also don't think the Steelers are going to use a first round pick on a wide receiver, maybe not even Agreed. a second round pick. Uh, uh, agreed. So break down of the guys that you put in these here, who you're most interested in as far as the Steelers taking at a reasonable spot in the draft. Yeah. I mean, McConkie's number one on my list. And, you know, a large part of that was because I think there's a chance that he'll be there when they start looking at wide receiver, but maybe not with the senior bowl that he had, he's getting a lot of buzz. I'm seeing him mm-hmm. when I look at mock drafts, I, I see him often sneak into the end of the first round even. So, uh, that speaks to his uh, all the reasons why I thought he would be a good fit for the Steelers to join their wide receiver core because of his versatility. He played outside at Georgia, but I think a lot of people look at his route running and his you know just smooth ability to play that position, project him to the inside in the NFL. He he's good after the catch. He was a big play guy too at Georgia, even though a lot of people think he'll play slot uh, at the next level. So I mean, he he might be somebody who ends up being out of the Steelers price range. I thought guys like Roman Wilson from Michigan, who also looked good in Mobile and had Mike Tomlin's eye and Malachi Corley from Western Kentucky. I thought they'd be a little bit more out of the Steelers range, but it looks like McConkie might even be climbing the board, so to speak. And he did play with George Pickens at Georgia. I always worry about, not worry, but I always consider in Mm -hmm. wide receiver rooms, the chemistry and the dynamics. Like I think if you bring in a first rounder, if you're going to do that, you, you sort of better be ready for some fireworks with George Pickens oh, yeah. and Deontay Johnson, even a second rounder at this point. I mean, these guys know that there's only one ball. We know they want their numbers. We've seen the body language when it mm-hmm. doesn't happen. I, I still sort of feel like the Deontay Johnson one year left on his deal thing. Could he be a trade candidate? I, I just that that would be taking a big piece away from this offense that you need to take a, a jump next year. But You've got free agency. You've got draft picks to use. So that's just something I'm wondering in the back of my head. With some of the stuff that went on with Deontay this year, seems like there's been a little bit more friction with him in the organization than in years past. So that that would be sort of one area where I'm like, okay, if a receiver does become a higher draft priority for the Steelers, maybe that would be why. That I could I could see that being there, but moving things around and finding other ways to get a quarterback was something that we talked about a little bit earlier. There's a really big topic that keeps floating around Pittsburgh. We even talked about it here on the show, yet on a different on a different show yesterday. But I wanted to get Brian's thoughts on, on it. We'll talk about a potential trade for the Steelers here on the North Shore Drive podcast right after this. We're back here in the North Shore Drive podcast. Chris Carter, Brian Batko, bringing things down. So, of course, anyone that's paying attention 
knows kind of where we're about to go with this. Now, Paul Paul Zeiss and Adam Bittner did a great job talking about this on Thursday, uh, and that being the potential for Steelers trading for one Justin Fields. And Justin Fields in an obvious position to be you know, to be talked about for trades anywhere. The Bears have the first overall pick. They could just take Caleb Williams. A lot of people think they will take Caleb Williams. Uh, and if they do, then Justin Fields, who's their first-round quarterback on the last year of his rookie deal, on the fourth year of his rookie deal, because technically he could get the fifth-year extension, um, he is obviously on the you know a trade market target for a lot of people and for the Steelers who need better quarterback play a lot of people are saying why not get Justin Fields Brian where do you weigh in on the what it would take to to make this trade happen and whether or not you think it's a good idea I mean if I were the Bears I actually wouldn't be so eager to give up on Justin Fields I know you only get so many cracks at a Caleb Williams or a Drake May but I, I still think there could potentially be a good NFL quarterback in there. You know, he's he's about to turn 25 next month, so he's still relatively young. We've seen the athleticism on display. You know, I just watching him in college, I, I thought the arm talent was there too. So I'm a little bit, and I don't watch a ton of Bears games, but I'm a little bit mystified why it hasn't worked out better for him in Chicago. Is it more of an organizational, structural coaching uh, problem? I don't know. That's what you're always trying to figure out with these young quarterbacks who don't reach expectations and I think he's being linked to the Steelers so much because of their interest in him in that 2021 draft you know our own Jerry Dulac was on record as saying they liked Justin Fields I guess you can sort of ask how much did they like him because he did fall to 11 and it was the Bears who traded up to get him not the Steelers Uh, that would have been moving uh, 12 13 picks up so maybe it just wasn't feasible for them at the time, maybe they like Najee Harris better because they wanted mm-hmm. a running back. Who who knows? We might never know. But I just can't see. And, and my patience with Justin Fields also sort of extends to the guy who's who would be replaced by Justin Fields if they swung a trade for him, and that's Kenny Pickett. I'm I'm not quite ready to write him off yet either. I would like to see him with Arthur Smith as his offensive coordinator. See if he can get back to the flashes, the the glimpses that we'd seen at times in his rookie year and and obviously at times too last season, though not often enough. I, I get that people are discouraged. I get that you're always sort of looking to upgrade at quarterback if you feel like you can, but I just don't know that that's realistic. And there's also, you know, this isn't fantasy football where you make one click and now Kenny Pickett's on your bench. Like this isn't right. Madden where you just, uh, you get the meter to go from red to yellow to green between both teams. And okay, now let's <laughs> There are personal dynamics here with the Steelers, with Kenny. Nobody really knows how they feel behind closed doors and and deep down would love for them to drink some truth serum on that. But I just can't see them blowing it up after two seasons that, to me, haven't been abjectly terrible. Uh, Certainly not encouraging, but it almost I've said this in a chat, too, and people were taken aback it it would actually be easier for the Steelers if Kenny had been worse these first two seasons because yeah you just rip that band-aid off and probably know like this guy isn't it but he has had some of the late game heroics he did have the big game after Matt Canada was fired in Cincy so yeah it's it's a difficult one Justin Fields is mighty intriguing I I think a lot of teams would be intrigued by bringing him in as far as what it would take probably nothing that the Steelers would be willing to do at this point yeah, that's the thing is that I just the one year rental, which that you have, you probably have to sign into a fifth year extension that's twenty plus million dollars. Like, I just don't a lot think of he and Kenny can coexist. I think if you trade for him, 
you'd be saying, all right, Kenny, it's it's over. That's basically, it. That's it. Yeah. And, and and here's the thing. I know there's some people screaming at their their screens and watching us on YouTube being like, yes, we're saying get rid of Kenny Pickett because he is that bad and he has been that terrible. But I'm sitting here saying like he the guy has a winning record as a quarterback. And not just a winning record, like he's done pretty well managing managing games. He's not been in an advantageous situation. He's not had really good offensive lines for the most part. When the offense started to click, you know, this past season after Matt Canada left, which a lot of people said was the biggest problem with the offense, he was injured. And then, you know, the, the guy who replaced him got the hot hand. Some people were thinking, why can't Kenny Pickett get that chance to do that? And in the one full game that he started without, without Matt Canada, they got over 400 yards of offense, granted only 16 points, but they were moving moving the ball in the, in that game and you saw growth there. Um, so like, I, I, I'm, I'm kind of with you. Like it just, there's a lot of dynamics to it that just don't make sense for this trade. Like, the only way I, I even make this trade upon the Steelers, if it's a day three pick, like fourth round at best, I'm not, I'm not get, get, giving out a first, second, third, none of that for a one-year quarterback. And I, I like Justin Fields. Like I'm a person who does think that Justin Fields, if put in the right situation could work out. Yeah. I was going to say, if, if you made me bet, everything I own right now on who's going to end up having a better NFL career, Justin Fields or Kenny Pickett, I'd probably say Justin Fields, but I don't feel confident enough about it to completely throw away the, the evaluations and the plans that, that I made at, at quarterback at, at this point. And it's kind of like, yeah, I mean, a lot of people are going to say Fields hasn't been in an advantageous position either. So it's, it's sort of like two similar arguments here for first round picks and, the argument for Kenny is like, yeah, all the stuff you're saying about why you believe in Fields is also applies here. And the argument for Fields is kind of like, no, dude, trust me. Just like, dude, watch him. Me. I know. So watch, watch him cook. Yeah. So I'm just not as, uh, I'm not quite as confident in that. Although I, I do understand where it's coming from, why it would make sense, why it would be, frankly, reinvigorating for a lot of the Steelers fan base, at least the ones who aren't still true believers for Kenny Pickett. I, I, absolutely, I hear you. Hear you there. This topic is by no means done. Like we do this every year. We've done this in past yep. years with Kyler Murray and Deshaun Watson uh, and Aaron Rodgers uh, and Russell Wilson. Uh, so, and and you know what? As much as we roll our eyes and groan because it does become tiresome, and does. that's sort of just part of the uh, you know lull in the NFL calendar, especially at this point after the Super Bowl, but. This is this is just life when you don't have a career at number one quarterback. It is. It real and and for all we know, we're gonna be right back here next year. If you think it's tiresome for us, and imagine how exhausting it is for the people whose livelihoods are tied to the Steelers and their success. So uh it's it's a bit of a mess that that they've gotten themselves into. And I still think that they're gonna trust and believe in Kenny Pickett and honestly hope that Kenny Pickett will pull them out of it, but You've got to have a you've got to have a contingency plan. I just don't think that Fields threads the needle of a contingency plan that doesn't uh, you know cut all your losses at this point. I'm I'm with you there. Uh, I think that there's there's going to be plans in place. We'll see how they're handled. He's Brian Batko. I'm Chris Carter. We both work at the Pittsburgh Post Gazette, post gazettecom for all our written work. Thank you for tuning in to another edition of the North Shore Drive Podcast. We're back Monday as it's the week before the Combine next week. We'll get you closer looks at who we'll be looking at when we head to the Combine. All here on the North Shore Drive Podcast. Stay tuned. We'll be back next week. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the North Shore Drive podcast from the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. 
If you watch this video on YouTube, please like the video and subscribe to our channel. For all the sports coverage from the Post-Gazette that we have to offer, visit post-gazette.com.